0: We know just what you need, and we've got just the cure. Open wide and prepare for a steaming hot cup of freedom. I just don't fathom it. The Michael Dukes Show, streaming live across the world. Oh, baby. Good morning and
1: welcome to it, the Tuesday edition of The Michael Dukes Show, broadcasting live across the state of Alaska on this, your favorite radio station and or translator, and yes, live around the world on the interwebs as well at michaeldukeshow.com, where you'll pick up the, uh, where you will pick up the uh, audio only live stream and links to the podcasts and uh, social media links, everything else, everything else is there on the website at michaeldukeshow.com. Hi, how are you? Welcome to the program. Tuesday edition of the show, and that means that today we're going to be joined by our, by your, by our weekly guest uh, and guests, uh, plural, Brad Keithley from Alaskans for Sustainable Budgets will be joining us here in hour one to go over the weekly top three, and we've got some interesting things to kind of dive down into this morning that we're going to talk about. Also uh, joined in hour two, by Chris Story, the man from Homer, who will come on board and share with us our weekly life coaching and um, positivity, the positive mental at PMA, positive mental attitude adjustment. That's what we're going to get, a PMA adjustment, a PMAA. That's uh, what Chris does for us every week, and it's one of my favorite sections of the week, I'll, I'll be honest with you. Uh, May not be everybody's cup of tea, but boy, do I need it sometimes, you know, just especially with the constant negativity that we seem to be facing in our daily world and our daily lives. This is that breath of fresh air that you've been looking for every, every week. So make sure you stay tuned for that, will you? Um, uh, Some of the topics we're going to be covering with uh, Brad Keithley this morning include the entry of Doug Massey into the uh, into the uh, Senate race, uh, he is running in District, what was District E, and is now District, good Lord. I can't remember the name of the district. They, You know, they switch them. Just about the time that I've learned them, it only took me 10 years to learn all the districts and figure out where pretty much everybody was. And just about the time that I remember them, well, then I can't remember a single uh i can't remember the single um the, the number so it used to be district e and now it's district o uh where mike shower was doug massey is now going to be the challenger in that race uh brad's going to bring up some interesting points uh which i mean because i've been scratching my head i mean i thought man mike shower is a i mean he's he's a good cat he's the he's the one guy that i You know that I think, but again, as I've always said, it's always good to have a challenger in these various districts um, because it keeps the it it keeps the candidates sharp and it uh, brings people to the forefront, reminds them what they need to know. So, uh, anyway, we're going to talk a little bit about that. Then we're going to talk about the uh, recent opinion piece in the ADN, which we'll get to here in a second, talking about this year's PFD uh, from Carl Mars. Uh, I don't know if it was ghost written by Zach Fields or not, but it sure feels like it. Uh, and then finally, we will uh, dive all the way down into the discussion on what the rest of the potential candidates look like on this year's ballot. And here's the interesting thing. Um, Nat Hurst over at the uh, ADN actually has got a really good piece um, that I think breaks down these districts in a good way. Um it, uh, it really kind of it, it kind of breaks them down and, and gives you an idea of what to, to expect in each and every race and talks a little bit about some of the nail biters and some of the ones that are going to be you know kind of a, a walk away. Uh, so there's a it's, if you haven't gotten a chance to go down and take a look at it, it's up on the ADN right now. the um, title of the article is, Tight races are expected in dozens of Alaska legislative districts. Here's the breakdown. And he gives a pretty good breakdown. Uh, I think he does. Um, And so it kind of gives you a little bit of insight into some of the people who are running and what they do and and everything else and where the tight races are going to be, Um, including uh, some of the more interesting races that are coming out uh, as well. So uh, you can go take a look at that and uh, get a feel for where everybody's at. Some of the highlights of that include, um, I think, District L, which is the new Eagle River, Chugiak, Peters Creek. That um, uh, That is the new Senate district seat, which is going to be battling it out between two former representatives, Ken McCarty and Kelly Merrick. Now, the question is, of course, will Merrick be able to survive her behavior as a representative where she basically threw the uh, through the party and her fellow Republicans to the dogs as she joined the uh, democratically led uh, coalition? Um, will that will that have a uh, uh, an effect? I mean, I think it would be foolish to say it didn't have an effect since she was censured by the uh, by the party over that. But we'll see what's we'll see what's going on. Uh, look for this race to hinge on Merrick's split from her party and how well it served her district, according to hers. Um, but that's a, definitely an interesting one as well. One of the other ones that I think is going to be very interesting is the Senate District P race in Fairbanks, where Scott Kawasaki won that seat uh, from Pete Kelly just four years ago in a narrow victory. Uh, now Kawasaki is a bit of a populist. He's been pushing for permanent fund dividends, but he faces a very popular city mayor, Jim Matherly, um, and uh, we'll see how that uh, fares. Now there are two Republicans in the race: Jim Matherly and Alex Jaffra, and that uh, obviously doesn't help when you're splitting off the when you're splitting off the vote in that way. Uh, but we'll see we'll see what happens uh, as well. Um, what was the other one that I wanted to, uh, I should have marked this one that I didn't. Oh, the, the house district 13, this is going to be very interesting because it's Chris Tuck and Andy Josephson who are both redistrict basically together, place them both into the same district. Both have filed for reelection, but they have said that they are still negotiating between the two of them and that one of them will eventually will withdraw. Now they have until the 25th to withdraw from the race. Um, but whoever remains will face Republican Kathy, uh, Kathy Hensley, who ran unsuccessfully for the Assembly and for State House here recently. The argument, of course, is, is that if there is two uh, Democrats, they will bleed votes off of each other. And eventually, um, Hensley, you know, that would strengthen Hensley's uh, Hensley's position. The one thing that separates the two of them, is that, and I did not know this. I, I'll be honest with you, I, I learned something new every day. I was not paying close enough attention to this to know this, but that um, Chris Tuck is unabashedly a pro life Democrat. Um, he's, according to Suzanne Downing, he's that rare breed of pro life Democrat who still exists, but generally not in elected office. Now Andy Josephson toes the party line on everything from unrestricted abortions to allowing trans uh, transgenders to compete in the girls sports and all that but they have now have to decide who are they going to sacrifice in front of the you know because this is this is district is now more conservative than it was previously does that make Josephson the the outside choice the outside horse on this race Will Tuck be more palatable because he does? He is unabashedly—he's not a stealth pro-life candidate. He actually wrote a letter back in 2020 to the DNC asking them to change the party's platform on abortion. Um, he's not making any bones about it. Uh, so, does that make him? Does that make him uh, the better choice in this district to run against Hensley? This is an interesting race. I mean, this is going to be a very interesting race as we go uh, as we go forward. Um, so anyway, that's, you know, this is definitely an interesting time to be alive when it all comes down to it. Um, you got Harriet Drummond and Zach Fields. They're going to be duking it out against each other. Um, the, uh, oh, this was the other one that was really interesting. So you've got district 22, which is Russian Jack and North Muldoon in Anchorage. Um, Stanley Wright, who's a former aide to Mike Dunleavy, is one of the Republican candidates. The other Republican candidate is Lisa Simpson, who, if you recall, was charged with felony level voter fraud in connection with Gabriel Ledoux's 2018 reelection campaign. Now, I don't know what the final details of that were. I think that that thing is still ongoing, but, um, that's pretty brassy, you know what I mean? I mean, that's pretty like, hey, I was just indicted for uh, felony level level voter fraud, but I'm going to run for reelection again. I'm going to run for election. That's that's good. Um, and it'll be Stanley Wright and Lisa Simpson as the Republicans, with Ted Eichied as the Democratic uh, Democrat in the race. He works as a planner for the Matsu Borough, but lives in the uh, lives in the district. But uh, yeah, Lisa Simpson, man, that's a that's a Man, that's brassy. That's all I can say. Very, very, very brassy. Anyway, you can go take a look at this and um, and uh, and and see the different races and where everybody's standing up. And it doesn't cover every district because some districts are running unopposed and some are kind of a slam dunk. But this does lead to some of the more interesting races out there right now, um, including the Garantar and Forrest Dunbar race and others. And it gives you a little bit of insight into each one. So I'll post this up in the chat room, uh, this article, so anybody who wants to go read it can and uh, take a look at it and give us uh, give us their thoughts on it. Before we go here and get ready to jump into it with Brad Keithley, I do want to comment. Uh, I know Brad's going to go get into this article. There's an opinion piece that was put out here a couple, three days ago from Carl Mars, who is the uh, former CEO of, uh, or he was formerly with Siri, now he's the CEO of, of Old Harbor Native Corp. And he wrote this, it's a really short piece, but talking about how this year's PFD is affordable, but not sustainable. And I just love how you can read right through, this has got all the buzzwords that you've seen people like Zach Fields and others use over the course of time, talking about, uh, you know, how, oh, this is absolutely not sustainable. We can't have, uh, you know, we can't have, uh, you know, loose uh, state services Uh, But we can have a smaller, sustainable dividend check and a good economy without new taxes. Uh, But, you know, he commends how legislators fought back. And, uh, you know, it was just thanks to all the responsible legislators who voted to achieve reasonable balance by funding essential state services. I guess by forward funding a billion dollars into education, that's somehow reasonably balancing essential state services. Uh, but I just, you know, you read this piece and you're just like, I, I, did somebody else write this for you? Did you just, you know, did you just read? I'm just, I'm asking for a friend. Did you just sign this? Did somebody just say, hey, would you put this in the paper with your name on it? Okay, good. Because this is just a rehash of a lot of the other things. But I know Brad's going to get into this. I don't want to get too far down into the weeds uh, and steal his thunder on it. But we'll we'll see. All right, we're coming up on the break. So let's, uh, let's get to it. The Michael Duke Show, Common Sense, Liberty-based, free-thinking radio on this rainy Tuesday. Yeah, we can we use that rain. Been coming down outside the studio here for a little bit. was laying in bed listening to a ting off the thing. I mean, it was nice to hear. A little bit of that wet stuff. We could use it. We'll be back with more. Don't go anywhere. The Michael Duke Show, Common Sense Radio.
0: If you missed the show, you can listen to it on your time with Dukes On Demand. Oh, and it's free. Like America used to be. Streaming live every weekday morning on Facebook Live and MichaelDukesShow.com.
1: Okay, we're in the break right now. Brad Keithley is going to be joining us here in just a second. Um just going through Good morning, good morning, good morning. Touch of rain, apparently out in the hook there was only a touch of rain. Still raining down here on the Kenicker uh, Bay uh and raining all the way across the uh, arm from what I can see, which is good. I mean, we could use a couple good days of rain. I've got no problem with that whatsoever. Uh all right, let's um I guess let me just get ahead of the power curve here. I don't want to. I hate it when I leave it to the last second. I've done that a few times, and it just no sense in doing that. Let's get uh, Brad Keithley on the phone, and we will get started from there. I washed my car yesterday. You're welcome. Thank you, Angie. Thank you for taking one for the team. We needed that for sure. Um. All right. What the heck? Come on, give me the, where's my, all right, I'm just going to, we're just going to do that. Open it. There we go. Wow. It was just taking its sweet time. We're going to uh, join. Here we go. Join, join without, join without. There we go. All right. Now we're ready to uh, connect with Brad Keithley. So we'll get him on the horn here. And be ready to go here in just a hot minute. And uh, we'll get uh, the connections tested and everything else. All right. Uh, Lisa with uh, Join with Computer. Oh, look at you. You're out in some uh, Lisa, undisclosed location. Oh,
2: look at you. Yeah, I'm visiting my mother for a couple of weeks. So uh, sitting out on her porch.
1: That's not a, It's not a bad view, my friend. Not a bad view as well. Uh, all right. So Brad Keithley is with us and you're, uh, you're all ready to go this morning. I am. We may have a few birds in the background here. I just
2: noticed but That's okay. Sometimes I,
1: sometimes I hear your dog's collar in the background too. It makes me miss my dog. So it's, a uh, uh, or maybe it's your cat, whatever it is. I hear a tingle, tingle of a collar, uh, from some animal, uh, in the background and it just makes me miss my dog. So, uh, it's all good. Uh, you want to hold on just a second, Brad? I'll be right back to you. Yep. Yep. Okay, uh, coming up, uh, let's see, uh, uh, Lisa Lisa Simpson was charged almost exactly one year ago. No news since, says Brian. I mean, I hadn't heard anything about the – I know that she and Gabrielle Ledoux have both been charged, but, uh, yeah, no word on exactly what that means or where that's coming from or where that's going to go. But, again, kind of brassy when you're in the middle of a – when you're in the middle of being charged with election corruption, a little brassy to jump into the race again. Um, you know, maybe, maybe not. Um, let me go back through here. Town hall meeting Thursday, 630 to 9 in Wasilla at Idita Park. Kirkman Eastman conservative reps and senators be there. Okay. Um, it's teasing rain in Soldot and it should start any minute. Well, if it's like here, it's probably moving a little bit south and it rained all night. Um, around my house, uh, which is good. Again, we need it. We we need a couple, three good solid days of Juno-style rain is what we need uh, just to keep the wildfires down because it's so nasty out there. Uh, sunny in Fairbanks. Well, again, Fairbanks could use a little rain too because, oof, man, I was dry and hot when I was up there this last weekend, dry and hot. Uh, Good morning, good morning. Herder agreed with me, read the same stuff from that opinion piece and felt the same things, which again, it just sounds like more talking. It's like Zach Fields has been emailing this out to everybody. And you want to put your name on it? Here, you submit it, you submit it, you submit it. Uh, I mean, it's just all the same talking points over and over and over again. Um, hello, friends. Greetings from St. Petersburg from Evan on uh, uh Twitch. Good morning, Evan. Thanks for calling in, or signing in, or commenting. There we go. Um, all right, we're getting ready to jump into this. Uh, we're about thirty seconds out. Brad Keithley is our guest. I'm going to close that, and cl- I got to close a few things here because it's about to get uh, it's about to get a l- internet intensive here in just a hot second. The Michael Duke Show, common sense, liberty based, free thinking radio. Make sure you like and share this uh, video, and like and follow the show page. Don't forget to subscribe. And ring the bell on YouTube as well. Let's get to it. Uh, Here we go. We're 20 seconds out. And uh, let's get it done right here. All right, continuing now, getting things ready, it is uh, that Tuesday show where we do uh, the weekly top three with our friend Brad Keithley from Alaska's Four Sustainable Budgets. He joins me now from a beautiful location with uh, visiting his mom somewhere, and it is uh, obviously green and beautiful and bright, and uh, we welcome him to the program. How are you, sir? It's my dream to be able to broadcast from outside just all the time. I mean, you know, in the beautiful breeze and everything. Uh, Thanks for coming on this morning.
2: It'd be a little tough in winter up there, wouldn't it? Well, yeah. I mean,
1: um, you know, forty below broadcasting. It'd be a quick show. Let's put it that way. There wouldn't be a whole lot to talk about, um, for sure. Uh, but yeah, welcome to the program. Thank you. Thank you. How are you doing? You know what? It's it's again a little rainy here today. We need it, like I said. Was saying during the break, we could use um, we could use a, a couple solid days of rain just to tamp things down a little bit. But we'll see where this leads us, Brad. Let's talk. Uh, let's start, th- start things off here this morning. Uh, this opinion piece from Karl Mars. Um, uh, was no, you know, no. We're 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 gonna start with Doug Massey. Oh, we're gonna start with Doug Massey. You're right. I'm sorry. I apologize. I jumped the gun on that. I'm I'm just so agitated by this thing. I start wanted to go right to number two. All right. Well, let's talk about the race with Doug Massey. Um, uh, who is jumping into Shower's district, which I think is weird because I think Shower is pretty much universally loved by most of his. Uh, Most of his, uh, 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 you know, folks in his district, most of the voters in his district, and he's been doing a really good job. And yet all of a sudden, Doug Massey felt compelled to quit his job as a fish and wildlife uh, uh, guy and uh, and jump into this race. And the more that I look at his positions and the people who support him, the more I start to wonder how much of this is an attack by Republicans who are definitely pro-government Republicans. What what do you say?
2: Oh, I think this is the pushback of the Jim Jansons and the others in the top 20%. You know, we've talked a lot about getting conservatives to run against uh, pro-government uh, uh, representatives. I right. think this is the pro-government uh, uh, crowd uh, uh, pushing back and, and running against conservatives. And, and Doug Massey strikes me a lot like a Click Bishop candidate. You remember that uh, before Click uh, joined the Senate, he had been, commissioner of labor in um, uh, Sarah Palin's administration. Right. Uh, and then and then resigned from that, retired from that, whatever, and uh, ran against, uh, or ran for uh, for the Senate up in Fairbanks and has turned out, you know, ran as a conservative and, you know, I'm with you and all that sort of stuff. And then turned out to be a pro-government um, a Republican. Uh, Doug Massey strikes me, has all the same characteristics. Massey is, you know, has been in government, uh, state government, uh, is now stepping out of the state government is supported uh by at least one union the uh uh the the, the uh, uh, law enforcement uh, uh, union you can see that uh, when you look at his uh at his uh, uh supporters on on his website and that but the thing that really tied it all together for me was looking at uh, Massey's website which went up uh, on the day that uh, that he announced right uh and and to his Credit, I suppose, has a, has some position stated on, on on key issues, and the and the one that I immediately went to to check to see what was going on was the permanent fund, and here is his stated position on the permanent fund. I support the largest dividend Alaska can responsibly and sustainably afford, <laughs> and that you know, <laughs> you it's indistinguishable from clicks. Um, right, right. You know, it, it, when you see the word afford, I support the one that we can afford. Uh, you know, you have uh, Natasha von Imhoff, Click Bishop, Burt Stedman, leftover, uh, leftover PFD uh, advocate. So what I think they're trying to do, uh, the the pro-government Republicans, what I think they're trying to do is go out and get, you know, the Alaska equivalent of a four-star general, uh, just like, you know, the, they, they got Click to run. Alaska equivalent of a four-star general who's going to say a lot of things about being conservative and against taxes and, you know, keep spending. His position on fiscal responsibility, for example, is I will work to limit responsibly manage state spending. We must live within our means. So he'll, they'll get somebody who will say those things, but when push, you know, the, the, the Alaska equivalent of a four-star general, but when push comes to shove, uh, they're going to be, you know, pro-government, pro-union, uh, uh uh leftover uh pfd uh, right advocates and i that's that's going to be an interesting thing but it's going to be an interesting race to watch you got a you know the alaska equivalent of a four-star general in there running uh with uh you know i was head of the state you know wildlife troopers and you know i know government and i can get government down and, and he'll say all those things but in the just like click did but when you get to the end of it it's going to be somebody who's going to get in there and vote with natasha and, or not natasha anymore but vote with bert and click and and gary stevens and and the other pro government republicans that are going to or big government republicans rather uh, that are going to uh, they're going to you know vote to cut the pfd use pfd cuts to, to fund government so well i think i think this is i, I think it it's an interesting race to watch I think if shower just holds his stuff together and, you know, and points out who this guy is and what his positions are, that it'll be showers race to win in that district. Uh, But it's a, it's an interesting pushback by the, uh, right. By the, by the big government Republicans, the Jim Jansen Republicans.
1: Well, and it was interesting because I'm reading through the issues on his page and I hadn't even gotten to the permanent fund and I had already pegged him because you hit it on that first, uh, first uh, point of fiscal responsibility. He says, I'll work to limit and responsibly manage state spending. We must live within our means. I do not support unnecessary taxation. You can already see him taking the position of, we don't want to trade the dividend for taxation. He was already basically setting up that argument. To me, that was the first red flag right there uh, uh, right there in the beginning. And then, of course, you get into the discussion of, you know fully supporting and fully funding public safety and and a dividend that's responsible sustainable and what we can afford the leftover dividend um and uh, you know and more this looks exactly to me very much like that like you said the pro government spend republican position and it again it, it makes me shake my head i mean what's the point were people were they so offended by the things that shower did which was basically just state the truth as he saw it and fight for the fully funded dividend. That this is what they are going to throw against him, which I think is going to be a futile effort. Like you said, I think it's his race to lose. If, if I mean, he's, he's. I think he's definitely got the upper hand here. But this is where they're going to they're going to waste that that uh, capital.
2: Well, they're going to try. I mean, the Alaska equivalent of a four star general. You got a guy who's willing to run. You have got him backed by the unions. You know, the unions are, are going to say, you know, we're going to be behind you, just like they've been by, behind Click um go out there you know you, you got a got a nice haircut you're going to be able to tell a nice story you know put on your copper river fleece uh, uh jacket and uh and go out there and tell them you know you're a, you're you're a conservative guy uh and you know how to run for government in the nat hertz article that you that you referenced uh uh Bish, or massey was saying um uh, that you know he he uh, uh he, he he's like shower in the sense that he's conservative, but he can get along with people uh, and shower, you know, leaving the inference that shower is somebody who can't get along with people.
1: Right. He's so, going to be more, um, he's going to be more collaborative in his efforts rather than divisive, which is the implication. He's going to be divisive. in his. <laughs>
2: I just think but that's, I, I mean, you've got Jim Jensen, you got, you got people, you got the conservative or the, 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 the pro-government, big government Republicans out there. We were pushing back and saying, uh, you know, we're gonna run this guy. We got it, he's got an attractive resume, he's gonna be able to say he's conservative. He's served in the Dunleavy administration, after all. Uh and uh, and you know, he's 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 you know wildlife troopers, you know, what could be more uh Alaskan than that? Uh he's been the head of wildlife troopers. I mean you're gonna you're to have a you're gonna have a resume just like click did. Um, but you know when you when you strip all that away and look at his positions and look how the guy's going to vote, says he's going to vote once he gets to. The, I mean, he's not even hiding it, right? He's not even saying that that you know I I support uh, uh, you know the traditional dividend or I support a POMV fifty fifty or he's not even saying that. I mean, he's he's telling you he's using the word afford, and so you know from the outset what he's going to do. Um, when you strip all when you strip all the four star general stuff away. Uh, you've got somebody who's just going to be another click bishop. So, it's, um, it's it's going to be an interesting race. But I, people need to fight. This is this is a good takeoff for the fact that people need to dig down into the positions that these people are taking. There's going to be other places where you're going to look like you're going to have, you know, a, a pro conservative four star general, very you know a, a, a rah rah guy for your side. Uh, running in the race. But when you look through the positions, when you ask the hard questions, uh, uh, they're going to, and you strip all that away, you're going to see when they show up down in Juneau what they're, what they're actually going to be like. And that's, you know, and and Massey's telling you from the beginning, he's not, he's not even trying to hide it. He's telling you from the beginning uh, uh, what he's going to be.
1: Yep. Uh, They say in the, in the article uh, from Nat Hurst, shower has solid conservative bona fides, but has frequently clashed with members of his Republican majority over their more moderate positions. I, I, I mean, yeah, I guess that's that's how you look at it. You know, again, translate that into, again, pro-government, crony capitalism. And you have mentioned Jim Jansen a couple times. For those of you who don't know, Jim Jansen is the CEO of Linden uh, Transport, one of the big companies that was throwing huge amounts of money over the years on the fight against the PFD and other things. So again, you could see that crony capitalism mentality with the GCIs and the Lindens and other companies throwing money to prevent Alaskans from getting their PFD so that there's more government money to spend on these private contracts with these different companies, right?
2: Well, there's more more government money to spend on these contracts, but they don't have to pay for it. Because it's coming out, because they're in the top 20%, they pay a trivial amount uh, of their Income toward government, uh, they shove the costs off on middle and lower income Alaska families. So it's it's a double whammy, right? They get the government contracts, they get the benefit of of, of big government spending, but they don't have to pay for it by using PFD cuts to shove it down, shove it off on middle and lower income Alaska families. So yeah, I, I, you know, it I will I, I would not be surprised. Uh, Jim Jansen, uh, by the way, is one of the one of the founders of Keep Alaska Competitive, that also pushes back on any changes to oil taxes. Not even, you know, let's not even discuss maybe updating oil taxes for the for the 2017 Income Tax or Income Tax Act that that changed corporate taxes and and should have increased Alaska's share. Let's let's not even discuss those. I mean, Keep Alaska Competitive is no changes in oil taxes. We got what we want. Thank you very much. Don't change. it. Don't change anything about it. Don't even talk about doing anything about it. So Jansen, not only is don't you know, cut the PFD. Don't tax me, but but cut the PFD. Don't don't revise taxes to the oil companies either. I it it's it is the Alaska. It is the Alaska version of crony capitalism, and uh, and it looks. <laughs> For all the world, it looks like uh, Doug Massey is uh, is the candidate that's coming from that side.
1: He is the stocking horse in this race for that for that crowd. So just keep that in mind, uh, Brad. Let's uh, give me a tease for number two. We were just I was just talking. I wanted to jump right into it because I was so agitated by it. This opinion piece from uh, Carl Mars. Give me the give me the quick thumbnail before we go to break.
2: Well, it's going to be the same thing. I mean, Carl Mars is part of the top twenty percent also. And, and Carl Mars is coming at it at a slightly different direction about don't tax, don't tax you, don't tax me, tax those guys behind the tree, uh, middle and lower income Alaska families through uh, PFD cuts. Uh, it, it, it is Carl Mars wrote almost exactly the same piece last December before this, before the session, he's now writing it after the session,
1: and we'll talk about the Zach Fields connection uh, when we get back. Brad Keithley, Alaskans for Sustainable Budgets, is our guest. We're going to continue with him here in just a hot second. Uh, don't forget, you can always come out and join us on Facebook. Facebook.com slash Show slash live if you want to just type it in. Or you could search it up there or search us up on YouTube. We're still looking for some more subscribers on YouTube. As well, uh, just go to youtube.com slash user slash show, or type in my name and you'll find us there as well. Subscribe, ring the bell, do all that stuff. Do all the youtube things. We're about to come back to it here in a moment with Brad Keithley, Alaskans for Sustainable Budgets. The weekly top three continues right after this.
0: What is that? Common sense
1: regularly heard on American radio. Ah, oh, look at that! We're in the break now. It's all good. Brad Keithley is our guest, and uh, we're continuing now talking about it. Michael Chambers just dropped a, a comment in the chat room, which I may uh, it would it, again. He said, here's a little nugget. He said, I spoke with Nick Danger about a website. Now Nick Danger is running against Elise Galvin. Um and I've been making jokes about how Nick Danger that he's missing he's missing out if his campaign if his campaign theme song isn't Danger Zone. Uh Kenny Loggins Danger Zone from Top Gun, you know, Danger Zone. But uh apparently, uh, according to Mike Chambers, he said he talked to him and he said he didn't want a website because Elise Galvin is a close good friend. And he wants her to win. It's not a great Republican. I mean, Nick Danger is supposed to be a Republican, and he wants Elise Galvin to win. Which, uh, yeah, I guess. Oof, what a hot mess that is. Uh, anyway, thank you for the insight on that, Mike. Um. Uh, anyway, Brad. Um. I guess let me just let me recycle my thoughts on this Doug Massey thing. I just find it so interesting that there are a group of Republicans who are so hell bent on growing and and on maintaining and growing the spend in state government, that they they seem to have fallen so far off of the principles of what people would assume the Republican label would mean for them. And I just I can't wrap my brain. I mean, what it really has become is it's more about greed. It, it's really about the worst parts of capitalism in that regard. Again, the crony capitalism aspects of it. Because it is, oh, we want all these things, but we don't want to have to pay for it, and we'll make government do it because government can take everything at the point of a gun and do all these kind of stuff. It really is. I mean, it's really disheartening.
2: Well, yeah, I mean, it's you, you got it in every state, though. I mean, sometimes it shows up as Democrats. It one thing. One thing I've come to 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 learn about Alaska or think about Alaska, um, uh, particularly with respect to the PFD issue is it's not republican and democrat it is it is big government i don't want to pay for it versus small government we ought to let the people have a part of of their their of the state's resource wealth directly that's the division and and you find r's on on both sides of that issue you find d's on both sides of the issue um and that's really that's really the dividing line so you know people adopt the r because alaska is largely red votes for uh uh, uh republican uh, uh presidential candidates votes for republican gubernatorial candidates so they they want that r behind the name so people will think they're conservative people will think they're in alignment uh, with what uh with what uh uh voters believe <laughs> When, when push comes to shove they aren't there i mean gary stevens in any other state gary stevens would be a democrat in right. any other state click bishop uh would be a democrat but in alaska they call themselves ours in order to republicans in order to you know align themselves with that part of the electorate that's just looking for the the letter behind the name uh but w- but when you get to the substance they are uh they are the big government but i don't want to pay for it uh, crowd that you see, uh,
1: that you see in every other state. And it is a function. I agree with Rob Myers on YouTube. who said it's been a, a function. Alaska has been full of big government Republicans ever since we've had a large amount of oil money to spread around and built businesses on that principle. And I would agree with that. I mean, that, 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 that wealth of oil money that was being spent willy nilly is definitely, uh, a big push for that. And you've got whole businesses, like you were talking about Jim Jensen and Ron Duncan and others who have built entire business models around that government spend. Of course, they don't want to, they don't want to disrupt the government spend. Of course, they don't want to add more oil taxes uh, and, and, you know, change the structure at all when things change, because it would rock their boat and they don't want to do that. Yeah.
2: And, and now that we've gotten to the point where oil, I mean, where government has grown so big that oil can't pay for it anymore, they want to find somebody else to pay for it. Right. So the PFD, you know, taxing middle and lower income Alaska families by cutting the PFD is just, you know, one more one more effort to, to maintain big government, to maintain the government contracts, uh, maintain the government spend, but they don't have to pay for it. It, it is, I mean, it, it is, it, in every step of the way, it's the same thing as when we had oil, except now, instead of doing it on the, on, the, on the backs of oil revenues, they're going to do it on the backs of middle and lower income Alaska families by taking their money. Uh, to uh, to continue to sustain government.
1: There's also Massey also has some interesting uh, supporters um, as well. Some of his endorsements uh, have been very interesting. So we're gonna watch that um, as we go through and and see what it looks like. but yeah I'm I'm very concerned about where this is going in the long run. and I, I think showers I think it's his race to uh, to uh, to take for sure but, uh, it shows the it, to me it shows the desperation of these people uh, they understand who the real threat is and they're gonna try and throw something against that uh, we got about 20 seconds here we're gonna we're gonna rejoin uh, uh the radio Brad Keithley is our guest Alaskans for sustainable budgets again please folks if you would like and share the show page like and follow we're gonna dive into this right now with Brad Keithley for part two of the weekly top three let's do it All right, we're back now. Brad Keithley, Alaskans for Sustainable Budgets, is our guest. We're talking about the uh, weekly top three, and uh, we're uh, into number two, which is the opinion piece from Carl Mars, which is a lot of uh, recycled word salad that we've seen in the past, and uh, more of the same. Like I said, it could have been written off of a floor speech from Zach Fields. Uh, Brad, your thoughts on this?
2: Well, it, there's a theme here. the the, the title of Mars's piece is "This Year's PFD is Affordable, <laughs> but Not Sustainable," and by by that he means it's not affordable uh, in future years when oil revenues uh, uh, go back down uh, are anticipated to go back down. I mean that's what the futures market is telling us, and that's what uh, production forecasts are telling us. As oil revenues go back down, uh, uh, this is a signal, or this is this is an indication that that they believe they're going to go in and uh and, and need to raid uh the PFD again to continue to pay uh, continue to pay for government. Mars is another one of those top 20% you know business leaders uh who is out there opining that uh you know the PFD that's really meant for government. We just we temporarily gave it to people as dividends but you know governments entitled to go grab it and uh and sort of like your, you know, stockbroker is entitled to go grab your money whenever he wants to. Uh, the government's entitled to go <laughs> grab it, to uh, continue to pay, uh, continue to pay for government. And, uh, and, and it's, a, it, it's the, it's the top 20, top 20% opinion piece that comes out, you know, periodically every six weeks or so. Sometimes Jim Jansen puts his name to it. Sometimes Carl Mars puts his names to it. Uh, but it's, but it's the continuous uh, sort of uh we can't afford the pfd and so we need to uh, and so we're going to need to cut it just get just get used to it the thing i found really interesting about this uh there is a twitter feed that uses hashtag akleg alaska legislature uh, and it's where most people go to post uh, uh links or thoughts uh, about the uh about uh leg- Legislative matters, about political matters, about fiscal policy matters, oil matters, all sorts of things. Um, about a nanosecond after this opinion piece went up on the ADN, Zach Fields came in right behind it and posted it on uh, on the Alaska Legislature, aka Ledge, uh, Twitter feed. And Fields' statement was "a hundred percent agree with this." Uh, and then he and then he linked to the uh, to the Mars column. So, what's really going on here? I think. Is is the Democrats are looking for cover uh, on 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 their positions the, the 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 cuts the PFD Democrats are looking for cover uh, on their PFD positions um, and and they're using Mars Jansen and others in the business community to sort of give them some credibility on the issue right, right. sort of. Trying right. to say, well, this is what the
1: business community
2: thinks. I'm you know, right. I'm a Democrat, but I still agree with the business community.
1: Right. We're not quite this so is what the business we're not quite so radical. I mean, this is not a radical position. Look at all the reasonable people who are taking this position, right? Yeah, exactly right. It's it's a feedback loop,
2: right? It's the top twenty, it's it's the it's the Democrats saying, We want to continue to spend and and we're willing to to let you off the hook as long as you the top twenty percent off the hook, as long as you as long as you allow us to continue to use the PFD to continue big government spending, but you got to back us up on this, say the Democrats. And so the business community comes in and says, "Hey, you know the PFD is not affordable, not sustainable, um, uh, and so you know we've got to cut the PFD." And then the and then the big government Democrats say, "Look, we got the business community behind us. You know the business community is saying we're doing it. we're saying we're doing the right thing." So it's it's a it's this feedback loop that's going on that became very clear. When when you saw the Mars the Mars commentary the top twenty percent business leader business community uh, 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 commentary and then you saw Zach Fields right behind it you know just sort of sitting there waiting to punch the punch the send on his on his on his tweet uh, <laughs> once uh, once this uh, once this commentary uh, once this commentary came up
1: yeah no it's definitely interesting and I think it also points to the fact that we may need to get a little bit better organized on the pro PFD side the pro-smaller government side uh, in getting our opinion pieces out there as well and having more of that out there. We need to show that there is bipartisan and uh, unified support for smaller, more limited government and for a full PFD as well. I guess there's some lessons to be learned there. I, I will say one thing, what what this really taught me, you know,
2: some people are taking the position that there's, that there's not a difference between Harriet Drummond and Zach Fields. Uh, in 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 their in their face off uh in the for the house race in that district they both got combined into into a single house district by redistricting they're running against each other both incumbents it's sort of like garantar tar and and forest dunbar right there is a difference Garantar, tar liberal progressive on a lot of issues but she's more or less been there on the pfd issue occasionally wanders away but more or less B that has been there on the PFD issue. Dunbar, the times I've seen him talk about the PFD is just perfectly fine cutting cutting the PFD. So there is a difference in that district between Garantar and Forest and, and Forest Dunbar. And actually, that's the district I live in. So I I will I will be making a vote uh based upon uh based upon that. Um and then you look over and then you look over at Harriet Drummond and Zach Fields, and there's actually a difference there. I mean, Harriet. It's not been a staunch supporter of the PFD, but she's certainly not been out in front of you know justifying PFD cuts and, and doing this feedback loop with uh, with business Republicans to try to rationalize uh, what they're doing. So I think I think that tells us even in uh, even in districts where th- that are that are predominantly Democrat districts where there's Democrat on Democrat uh, 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 running. Uh, to be careful and look for their position on the PFP because you're going to be able to see some differences, I think, uh, yeah. uh, between the Democrats uh, on those issues.
1: Brad Keithley, Alaskans for Sustainable Budgets, is our guest. We're finishing up with number two. Let's move on to number three, Brad, which is uh, basically a look at uh, the candidates for the coming year. I mean, who, 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 you know, what are what what are we seeing and what do you need to be looking at? Uh, Nat Hers, as I said, has a pretty good breakdown of the different races and everything else. What's your take on the field as it sits right now?
2: Well, I'm going to be looking at candidates, uh, looking through their websites, listening to their positions. uh, And I'm going to be listening for their position on the PFD because I think that is, I think that's where the rubber meets the road in terms of whether you're looking out for middle and lower income Alaska families or you're part of this, you know, crony capital society that we've built up in this state. And I think a good a good place to look for for their position is uh, whether how they react to the fiscal policy working group uh, proposal that was put forward uh, uh, last year by some of the most conservative legislators uh, in the uh, uh, Alaska legislature and some of the most uh, progressive legislators in the in the Alaska legislature. And I think that fiscal policy working group is a, is a good. It, it wasn't it wasn't used this last session, but I think it's a good starting point for for coming together on a on a fiscal policy uh, that that uh, that can set a a, a good way forward, uh, way forward for the state. It talks about a POMV 5050. It talks about constitutionalizing 5050. Uh, and I think that really sets I think that's a really solid foundation to to set for going forward. Um, uh, it's it. Mike Shower was part of. Uh, and I and I has spoken highly of uh, of the outcome of the fiscal policy working group. The recommendations made. She- Shelley Hughes uh, was uh, was part of that group and others. And so I think that's I think that's a really good foundation. I'm going to be looking for candidates that say, look, we've got to we've got to come to a resolution on this issue. We can't move Alaska forward until we have a resolution on fiscal policy. I'm going to support. I'm looking for a candidate that's going to say, I'm going to support the, the the outcome of the fiscal policy working group, and I'm going to work to adopt that and to enact that uh, in coming uh, legislatures. And remember, part of that is to constitutionalize POMB 5050. So, you know, if Doug Massey had said that, uh, we would have had a whole different conversation at the beginning. Uh, but that's not what he said. I mean, he he said he's for an affordable PFD, which is, you know, way off to, to one side. Whatever's
1: sure. left over, essentially. Right.
2: But 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 candidates that I think uh, uh, I think merit uh, close evaluation and support going forward are those that are going to talk about uh, supporting the
1: the outcome of the fiscal policy working group. And again, just to be clear, part of that fiscal policy working group includes solutions that include just for the people in the chat room, uh, not only uh, a reevaluation, not only cuts to government, but also re- reevaluation of the. Oil taxation structure and some sales taxes. It's a it's a holistic approach, right? It's a little bit of everything.
2: It is. I mean, it it does. It talks about explicitly talks about uh, spending or cuts in government spending. It explicitly talks about POMB fifty fifty on the PFD. It explicitly talks about constitutionalizing uh, POMB fifty fifty, and then it talks about some uh, substitute revenue sources to fill in the 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 remaining gaps between what government spending is and what uh, in, in in the revenues provided by uh, existing oil taxes and uh, 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 or traditional revenue sources and uh, and what and and the other fifty percent of the POMV after you take out after you take out the dividend and those other taxes can come in the form of oil taxes or they can come in the form of of, of individual taxes like the PF, PFD cuts have been uh, are an individual tax um, so it's it it doesn't. It's not, you know, it doesn't say raise oil taxes by two percent, or it doesn't right. have any particulars in it uh, that that tie people's hands. But it is the general philosophy of uh, some government spending cuts, tying down uh, uh, the PFD at POMB fifty fifty, which involves, frankly, some cuts uh, in the PFD, and then some new revenues or some substitute revenue sources to. Uh, to fill in the gap and and it's a it's a little bit of everything uh to get to a solution that uh, that then can we can lock in on and uh, and go forward from there.
1: So basically the questions we should be asking these new candidates should revolve around all the aspects of the fiscal policy working group plan and that would give us a better uh, that would give us a, a little bit of a better uh, look at where they stand on most uh, if not all of these issues. Brad Keithley final thoughts here last 30 seconds.
2: Well, I think it's more than just the, I think I think the question is, do you support the fiscal policy working group, the outcome of the fiscal policy working group and the recommendations? And, and hopefully the answer to that is yes. That's the starting point for me, for a candidate.
1: Okay. Brad, thank you so much. We appreciate it. We will uh, talk with you again soon. Thanks for being part of the show. Thanks for having me, Michael. Folks, we're out of time for this segment. Hour two is dead ahead. We're going to have some open line, then Chris Story, uh, we'll continue in just a moment the Michael Duke Show. Common Sense, Liberty-Based, Free Thinking Radio. Uh, Brad Keithley, final, uh, final uh, little uh, section here. Uh, and just to <laughs> – for those of you who showed up late and missed the fact that Brad was talking, was criticizing – Uh, Jim Jensen for blocking any changes to the oil and gas tax uh, or oil and gas uh, uh, tax uh, scheme. Harold's in the chat room criticizing you for not talking about, you know, changing the tax. Uh, You missed that, Harold. He was talking about that earlier. And of course, again, that's part of the fiscal policy working group is a plan. And in fact, the number that he, uh, the number that I think was dialed in there is somewhere in the 200 to $300 million range for new taxation to come out of oil, Uh, plus, again, uh, something commensurate coming out of the private sector with some form of tax as well. But again, it's all on the table at this point. Everything's on the table.
2: Yeah, exactly right. Uh, uh, There are, I mean, people have talked about $400 million coming from oil. The the total new revenues uh, that the Fiscal Policy Working Group uh, outlined was $500 to $700 million in, uh, in new revenues. That was based upon... The revenue forecast uh, at the time the working group was was uh, was was trying to come together. Uh, the revenue forecast has changed. Uh, that likely would change the need for uh, additional revenues. Uh, oil could take up a big uh, a big chunk of that. Uh, uh, updating uh, the all tax code. But the point is, I mean, the point is, you've got candidates out there like Doug Massey who are going to be. You know Jim Jansen Republicans, big government Republicans, uh, who are going to say, "Let's take it out of the PFD. We don't need to tax anybody else. Let's just take it out of the PFD. It's you know free government money, and uh, and we'll just use it for good things that uh, that that we, the sixty down in uh, down in Juno, the sixty plus one down in Juno, decide we're going to use it for, uh, and and we don't need to tax anybody. That's that's what that's what uh, Massey's going to say. So, uh, you know." you've got to find people who are willing to to recognize that not the right solution that that just pushes the burden back on uh middle and lower income alaska families and that the right solution is one that spreads the burden out and by spreading the burden out makes the burden on any given individual or any given industry relatively small
1: and and gives everybody skin in the game so that again all of a sudden, that top twenty percent, when they have to start forking out money for these big pro-government, uh, all this big government spend, all of a sudden they'll be like, "Whoa, whoa, whoa, whoa! Wait a second, uh, it's going to cost me that much. Maybe we shouldn't be yeah, spending exactly. that much." Exactly. Um, yep. And and again, this is uh, this again is uh, the biggest problem with this whole situation is is that uh, you know they want to avoid all of those things they don't want to, they don't want to see any of it and the problem of course is they've, they've built all these businesses and i've said this many times before but i'll say it again when you've built an entire business model around a government spend uh, i mean how private sector are you really when that's what you've built it on and you spend millions of dollars trying to sway the public interest for it in the other direction for more government spending how much of a small business or a private sector business are you really the big ones are probably doing just fine. It, somebody said earlier; I think it was Kevin McCabe said earlier something about the small business people are probably feeling it in the uh, in a whole different way. The small businesses who don't have these huge government contracts are probably feeling it in a small way. Brad, yeah, exactly right. And that's you know, it, ICER's study, Iser's uh, twenty
2: sixteen study of the PFD found that, or found the, the various fiscal solutions that of all of the solutions, taking the PFD was the hardest on Alaska business, the hardest on uh, overall employment, the hardest on uh, overall income, uh, because Alaskans, by and large, plow that money back into uh, back into Alaska and into uh, Alaska businesses. Uh, but it's not, the difference is, individual Alaskans decide where to spend that money, as opposed to keeping it in government and then allowing the 60 plus one to decide where that, where that money goes. Right. And, 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 you know, you get the Jim Jansons and the, and the, and the, 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 the GCI's, they don't want the 60, the, they don't want Alaskans, Alaskan individuals deciding where to put that money. They want the 60 plus one deciding where to put that money because they can lobby them. They right. can go down to Juneau and say, Oh, it's know, easier to it's influence for the children yeah. or it, it's for, you know, it's for the elderly or, right. You know, please just, you know, just, Put some of that money toward
1: uh, toward toward my business. It's cheap marketing. I mean, if you look at it that way, right? It's easier to influence sixty plus one than it is to influence seven hundred thousand people. So they can do it all. It gets it concentrates their power in that regard. This is another reason why I was so infuriated. Uh, with this last go around of the PFD, that you saw all those chambers of commerces sending letters down there supporting a smaller dividend. Uh, if I was a member of a chamber of commerce, especially a small business, I would be wanting to burn somebody's house down. I definitely would have pulled my membership over something like that because you're just helping the big boys, not the smaller businesses who make up you know eighty percent of the chambers of commerce. Uh, down to less than a minute here, Brad. Your final thoughts?
2: And and who was one of those who wrote uh, an op-ed? Uh, in support of the Chambers of Commerce and opposing the PFT. Jim Jansen, keep yeah. Alaska competitive. Yep. I mean, so it, this all goes in a circle and it's all being driven by those who are, who want to keep the money uh, inside government and control of where it's going by their control over the legislature.
1: Yeah, it's uh, it's absolutely infuriating and frustrating. Uh, Brad, thanks for bringing this up and bringing this to our uh, attention. Enjoy the beautiful weather wherever you're at and uh, enjoy broadcasting outdoors. I'm jealous. I'm just a little bit jealous in my dark <laughs> hole here. So uh, it's good good to hear from you. And thanks for coming, uh, thanks for coming on board today.
2: Michael, as always, uh, thanks for having me. And, uh, and I'll send some of this weather your way. I'll try to send some of this weather your way. You
1: bet. You bet. All right. Thanks, Brad. Appreciate you coming on board and joining us today. Brad Keithley, Alaskans for Sustainable Budgets. Uh, all right, folks, we are coming up uh, on the uh, hour two of the program, getting ready to rock and roll. Please make sure that you like and follow the show page uh, on Facebook. And uh, more importantly, I think right now, from my perspective, is to, uh, is to uh, uh, like and follow me on YouTube. Come on. My God, there we go. I was trying to get everything going on. Uh, here we go, the Michael Duke Show, Common Sense Radio.
0: Whoa, buddy, put that thing back in its holster. We haven't gone anywhere. I don't understand. Check out the Michael Dukes for information on how to get access to the podcast. We know just what you need, and we've got just the cure. Open wide and prepare for a steaming hot cup of freedom. I just don't fathom it. The Michael Dukes Show, streaming live across the world. Across the world
1: on the interwebs at MichaelDukesShow.com and across the state of Alaska on this, your favorite radio station and or translator. It is Hour 2. Of the Michael Duke Show. Hi, how are you? Thanks for coming on board and joining us. Uh, definitely an interesting conversation this morning with Brad Keithley from Alaskans for Sustainable Budgets, talking specifically about what he's going to be looking for in candidates coming forward. The field is set, and uh, we're about to have a very, very interesting. Um, we're about to have a very, very interesting election season uh somebody and i don't remember if it was nat hers or somebody else basically made the comparison to say because of the way the um, um because of the way the uh, the rank choice voting in the jungle primary thing work that really the primary in this go around is essentially going to be nothing but a poll to give people a little bit of a better idea of uh, where they sit on these things because again there's only one district In the uh, there's only one district in the whole state that has more than four candidates. That's District 35 up in the interior, and so it should be a very very interesting. uh, Should be a very very interesting political season to watch here, and I will have to say that finally, finally, the um, the uh, uh, state of Alaska figured out exactly what they were. uh, Exactly what they were trying to do and and exactly how they should be educating uh, all the uh, all the folks out there, um, because they finally came up with a uh, they finally came up with a uh, piece of of media, a piece of uh, uh, of educational media that is supposedly they posted it up on, uh, I guess on TV, I guess is what they're saying. Here is the piece uh, that we're looking at right now. This is from the Division of Elections, uh, and it's a 30-second spot that they apparently have now put up on, um, on television. I haven't seen it yet. I haven't heard it yet. But this was linked in one of the discussions earlier this morning. Here you go. The
2: special primary election for U.S. Representative is June 11th, and it's by mail. We start sending ballots out April 27th. You don't need to apply for a ballot. All candidates are on the same ballot, and all voters will get the same ballot, regardless of their political affiliation. You vote for only one candidate,
3: and the top four vote-getters move on to this special election. Make sure you and a witness, sign your ballot, and send it back by June 11. Visit elections.alaska.gov
0: to learn more.
1: So, I mean, good piece, I guess. Uh, Good piece for, at least for what it is, explaining to people in this primary that, you know, here's what they need to do. Um, But I don't know, uh, you know, I don't know how prevalent it is. Has anybody else, has anybody else seen it? Has anybody else seen it on any form of media? Uh, maybe this is only going to digital media. Maybe this is only going out there to the uh, uh, to Facebook or to YouTube uh, as uh, as video commercials. There, I haven't heard it on the radio. I haven't seen it on television. But um, I mean, that's you know, I, I would I would love to see more of that because I think it's going to be important. We're going to end up with a lot of people who, uh, when they hit that voting booth, are going to be confused. You know, we are going to be confused about what is going on because they just, they haven't been paying attention. That's, that's very understandable. So, um, anyway, uh, Kevin says he's seen it on TV. Terry says she's seen it on YouTube. Rick and Tawny both said that they've seen it as well. So this is the first time that I had ever seen it this morning, early this morning after I, it actually came off of one of the, uh, it actually came off of one of the uh, uh, news uh, reports that I was reading this morning. So uh, Jimmy says he hears it about twice an hour on the radio. Well, wow. apparently I'm listening to the wrong radio station, or they're just not playing it down here. Um, all right, so we'll be, but you know, at least they've finally gotten uh, they've gotten uh, uh, squared away on this. This is just the special primary election, and this, of course, uh, only is valid until Saturday, which is the uh, which is the final, which is the final thing? I, everybody else has been hearing it. How have I not been hearing it? Interesting. Several people in the chat room said they've been hearing it for a while. My dad, uh, even my dad, saw it on YouTube. So apparently, apparently, I have not been watching enough YouTube uh, to get the uh, get the whole thing. Um, yeah, don't I run radio stations? Yeah, it, ha- it hasn't been on my radio stations. So I mean, not that that's. Uh, has to be, but you know, would think I would at least get a little bit of a feel for it. But I, uh, I, and I listen to other radio stations, but I haven't heard it yet. So I guess uh, I work too much, as Jimmy. Maybe that's the problem. Maybe I do work too much. Maybe that's part of my issue. Uh, anyway, uh, so what else uh, we got going on here? Let me uh, close some of these windows here. Phone lines are open this morning. Uh, as well, if you want to talk about this uh, elections, I mean, have you are you fully vested and are you up to it? Should we do a quiz? Should we have people call in and quiz them on this? Uh, Harold seems to think that this is no big deal, that everybody's going to get it. Everybody's going to understand it, no problem. He gets it, so of course everybody's going to get it. Um, so, I mean, maybe we should do a quiz. Uh, if you think you know everything that's going to be happening and the way it's going to be happening and you want to be quizzed, Call us up and we'll talk about it. 433-3150 uh, on the Satellite West call in number. If uh, if you wanna you wanna if you wanna test, we'll test you right now. We'll test you right now. 433-3150. Um, give us a shout and we will uh, we'll test your knowledge on everything that's gonna be happening um, over the next uh, few weeks of this election. Come on. We'll, we'll, I want to. I want to see it. Uh, let's see if if you guys have got the the rundown on it. Uh, I gave you the full rundown again yesterday. I gave you the full rundown again yesterday on how everything is going to work. And um, and there you go. There you go. Uh, all right. <clears throat> Bag of beard curler. You know what? I I said this the other day, and I don't know if people uh, got it, but I finally. It's been. Five months, I finally got a new shipment of Beard Curler Coffee, courtesy of our friends at Alaskan Artisan Coffee Roastery there in Palmer, where it's, res- it's roasted fresh with fresh mountain air, mountain and lake air right there in beautiful Palmer. I do have a, uh, a bag of uh, Beard Curler Coffee. Why not? If you, can, if you can nail it for me on the phone, I will give you a bag of coffee. Um, if you can nail a, if you can nail every part of the process on the phone and, uh, and, uh, and answer for me all the questions and uh, do it to my satisfaction, I will give you a bag of beard curler coffee because why not? I got one. Let's get it done. Thank you to the friends, by the way, over there at Alaskan artisan coffee for making up my favorite roast for me. One that I'm proud to put my beard on. The Beard Curler Coffee, 433-3150, 433-3150, if you want to answer those questions and uh, get things squared away, we would love to to hear what you guys have to say this morning as well. Um, Again, a couple of the interesting uh, things that came out uh, of this discussion was the race for House District 13. And we mentioned this um, We mentioned this earlier in the last segment, but it was something that I had not picked up on earlier. That, uh, you know, District 13 is going to be very interesting. That was where the redistricting board pulled two Democrats into the same House district. Uh, and that would be uh, Chris Tuck and Andy Josephson. Uh, Kathy Hensley, who had originally filed for another seat, withdrew from that seat and is now running for the House seat in District 13 as well. Um, But having two well-known Democrats duking it out over each other and splitting their vote is not going to make sense. They had already announced um, in this uh, piece uh, in the uh, ADN, they had already announced that one of them uh, is uh, going to ultimately withdraw. They said they're still negotiating and that one will withdraw. Now, whoever remains is going to face Kathy Hensley, who's a conservative Republican who's done a pretty good job of, uh, of uh, you know, making her name well known. Uh, there's still an, an AIP party candidate in there as well, Timothy Hewitt. But uh, I think uh, Hensley is really the the one to beat in, in that uh, other end of the race. But the differences between Chris Tuck and uh, Andy Josephson, it's interesting that this may actually come down to who is... Pro-life. Um, they, uh, they, it turns out that Tuck is not fully in line with the Democratic Party's um, you know, radical abortion platform. Uh, according to Suzanne Downing, he's the rare breed of pro-life Democrats who still exist, but generally not in elected office. Josephson, on the other hand, lines up with his party on every issue from unrestricted abortion to allowing transgenders to compete in girls' sports. The district now favors the more conservative candidates, making Josephson the odd man out. With ranked choice voting, Hensley and Tuck may be the real contest, with Hewitt peeling off votes from both sides. And she goes on to say that Tuck has not been quiet. He's not been been secretive about being pro-life. He doesn't hide his opinions and even signed a letter in 2020 asking the Democratic National Committee to change the party's platform on abortion Saying that it is wildly out of step with where Americans are are on the matter, um, and she actually then quotes the um, she actually quotes the letter that he wrote to the um, to the DNC. And pro-choice is the hill some or many hardline Democrats will die on this year with Roe v. Wade coming, the overturning of that, as it is expected to, uh, for Democrats to support a pro-life candidate like Tuck and sacrifice a pro-abortion candidate like Josephson. Could make it for a very interesting few weeks as we go forward on this, and yeah, I uh, I agree, I agree. So lots of interesting races to watch. This is just yet another one where the politics of the matter are quite honestly fascinating, and uh, we'll be watching this with great abandon to see where this uh, um, see where this come where this uh, where this comes out to. All right, we're coming up on the break. Uh, we got Chris Story coming up in just a moment. He's going to be part of our uh, PMA uplift. For the, well, he's not going to be a part of it. He's going to be leading our PMA update and our life coaching lesson for the week. That is all directly ahead. The Michael Duke Show, Common Sense, Liberty-based, free-thinking radio. We'll be back with more and Chris Story in just a moment. On your home for Common Sense, Liberty Based, Free Think and Leave Radio.
0: We're broadcasting live through a series of tubes. Allowing all of these entities to provide streaming stuff going on, on, the, on the internet. Well, it's kind of hard to explain, sorry. Streaming live every weekday morning on Facebook Live and MichaelDukesShow.com.
1: Okay. Man. A lot of people aren't understanding the exhausted ballot, says Kevin. Yeah, I know. A lot of people don't understand a lot of the ins and outs of that. And uh, I think it's it's been incumbent on the government. But again, this is the first time I've heard this ad. So apparently I've been living under a rock or my ad blocker on YouTube is really effective. One of the two. (laughs) Uh, Republicans are 100% pro-life and the demographics of pro-abortion lean majority Democrat. That's true. That's true. If you can understand the simple instructions on the ballot you've won, go buy a can of Folgers. okay, Harold. I don't know why Harold has to hate on good coffee. he insists on drinking the uh he 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 insists on uh, drinking the 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 swill um very few in the villages know about the process as they don't have radio or TV says Willie. yeah, exactly uh Charlie Pierce will prevail in rank choice. that's a fact. I hope you're right. I hope you're right. Um, Wouldn't I get some revenue? Well, yeah. I mean, if we were buying, if we were getting a commercial buy, there would definitely be some revenue there. But I haven't heard anything on it, and I would have seen that probably, I would have seen that come across my desk. Uh, So it's interesting to see that they're buying some, but not everybody. Um, mm, Okay. Some of you being really quiet. There's a few of you that are very verbose, and the rest of you are being super quiet this morning. So uh, why doesn't everybody at least say hi in the chat room this morning? There's 43 of you. I should get 43 highs out of this. 43 hellos, not (laughs) 43 highs, because that's something totally different. Um, All right. Uh, Everybody say hi this morning uh, in the chat room. And give me, uh, and you know, see? Hey, Linda. I see. I hadn't seen Linda before. Brian, well, three of you can follow instructions anyway. Voyeur says Jimmy. <laughs> Good morning, Gail. Good morning. Um, yo. All right. My dad said hi. Hi, Dad. Old bald Anglo-Saxons dictating the reproductive rights of women isn't going over too well for the 2022 election. It's been a non-issue, Harold. I mean, I know what you think, but I've also read what a lot of the other folks who've got a lot better track record with politics think, and they said it's become a non-issue. In the words of James Carvel, it's the economy, stupid. That's what it's really about. Reproductive rights has not been a good... Get- By the way, this is not about reproductive rights. This is about killing the innocent. I mean, you want to frame it as reproductive rights, although I thought you were a Republican. Uh, it's about the murder of innocent children who had no say in how they got there. So... It's not reproductive rights. Uh, hi, Bill. How are you, Kathleen? Good morning. Uh, good morning. Good morning. Uh, non-issue, says Jimmy. Yeah. I mean, it's it's been surprising. A lot of these talking heads are like, whoa, we thought this was going to be a huge, and it's, it's a non-issue. It's the economy, stupid. I paid $6.19 a gallon for gas yesterday. You want to know what people are thinking about? The $6.19 a gallon that they're paying for gas for their car or truck. I mean, that's what they're thinking about. They're not thinking about the rest of it. Um. <clears throat> all right. Let me, uh, let me, oh, there he is right there. I was just going to find, figure out, I was just going to hunt him down and figure out where he was, but lo and behold, he shows up. Mr. Story. They call him Mr. Story. Hello, sir. How are you doing?
3: I was right on time. What are you talking about? I, I literally, the clock rolled over to 24, and I punched your number. I'd yeah. like you to rescind your resentment.
1: There was no resentment. There was no resentment. It was frustration. It was not resentment.
3: Oh, okay. so you're, you know. Well, you're welcome to that feeling.
1: Yes, I know. I figured you'd like that a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, what are we going to talk about today, my friend?
3: Coincidentally, how to rescind resentment.
1: How to rescind resentment. Okay, good. Well, good. Uh, we're going to do that. Uh, which seems to be, that's a full-time, that'll be a full-time job around here. All right, here we go. Uh, The Michael Duke Show, Common Sense, Liberty based Free Thinking Radio. Like and share the show. Here we go. well the sultan of suave the pyramid of positivity no that's not right the pharaoh of positivity but it doesn't have the p it doesn't have i wanted it to be something you know i don't know the gregarious guru the the guy from homer hey chris story how are you my friend
3: Devolved quickly, but I I, but I was enjoying it. I liked where you were
1: headed. I know I was trying to find something. I'm gonna have to work on that in my off time and figure out something that you know uh, where I can you know just give you some kind of random title that just sticks and makes it work. I'm trying to
3: do what you need to do. Put a team on it. Whatever you need
1: to do. uh, Paragon. There we go. The Paragon of Positivity. Thank you. Ooh, I like that one. That's it. The Paragon of Positivity. Mr. Chris Story, who's going to tell us today how to handle. Resentment in our lives, um, which is, I mean, this day and age, dude, that feels like a full time job. I mean, if you climb on social media, they're gonna be resentment. I mean, you spend five minutes on social media, you'll figure out all about the resentment, but you've got a way to handle this, so please share with us.
3: Well, I suggest not handling resentment because that means you're still dealing with it. My point is to rescind it,
1: rescind resentment,
3: rescind it, get rid of it completely versus dealing with it or handling it, or that's like juggling, you know, Ooh, resentment's up, down, up, down, get rid of it completely, toss the ball aside. And I want to give you a story about, I think it's, I think this is a nice little parable, if you will, for what I want to, the point I want to make. One okay. day, my wife, Tiffany and I, and Zoe, Zoe was about 15, I believe we were going down. We decided to take a raft trip on the Kenai for whatever reason, you know, thought, you know, it's been a long time since we've done that. Uh, let's. We hired a guide and we went on a raft trip down the Kenai River. And we did not see in this particular stretch of river that we had apparently contracted to be floated down had zero. I don't mean like neg- you know small white caps or small white water. It had zero white water. It was the most boring trip. That I is the most boring two and a half hours of my life. As I think back over my life, I think it truly, and I've done some boring things, this is the, the most boring part of my life that I can recall. And I think it's analogous to a life without trouble, a life without any challenges, a life without any stretching or reaching or any sort of risk involved whatsoever. Is it worth living? Is that really what we want? Do we want? Zero problems? Do we want zero challenges in life? No. We want white water. We want to be able to handle it. We want to be able to uh, safely get down the river, obviously. But there's going to be challenges, and it is the challenges, be it from other people or physically thrown at us through nature, whatever, that makes life interesting and makes it worth living. And it's our overcoming these challenges. So why would you hang on to resentment? and relive a trespass over and over again. Now, you might be right, they may have trespassed against you, this other person, you may resent a circumstance that you were thrown into out of your control, but you overcame it, or you learned a lesson from it, and that's the nugget, that's the gold nugget in the sluice box of life that you're looking for, and you let the rest (laughs) of it move on by. You You rescind resentment and you become grateful for having lived through that circumstance Maybe this person was a professor of greed and they showed you what greed looked like or envy or um, some sort of other kind of hostile behavior towards you. But you've moved on. You've floated down the river. You've managed that class five whitewater. And why would you go back and resent it and live it over again? No, no. I've learned and I've moved on. I rescind resentment.
1: So this is the I mean this kind of starts off with like there's no sweet without the sour, right? I mean that's kind of what you're saying. Uh you wouldn't you wouldn't understand what sweet tasted like unless you could taste the sour at the same time. Um uh, and and so you have to have those adversities. Otherwise, you would be dead dull bore it would not even be a trip you'd just be uh well you'd be a passenger instead of driving the boat you'd be a passengers floating on through life everything's fine i don't care everything's everything's gray and vanilla and bland um i mean you said you've done some boring things in your life and i know that this show qualifies for that but at least prop me back up here how do you how do you how do you just take that resentment and how do you reset it how do you turn it back
3: it's so much easier said than done, and of course, I don't count these minutes spent with you, Michael, as that. I, can't, I count these as uh, definitely Class Five Whitewater. Definitely, definitely
1: Class Five. White. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. it
3: takes a, little, a really strong, bold, born to live blend coffee for me to be able to. There to you come go. Here.
1: But, That's what you need.
3: But the way I think that, that I like to look at it is, it's allowing. It's like a harbor. My, you know, my life. This is my harbor. I get to determine who gets to have edge here and what, what event in life, or who gets to moor their boat here. It's up to me. I do not have to let that person determine what my day or my life is going to look like, the emotions that I'm going to feel, or worse yet, relive. Reliving that event is the definition of resentment. So why would I do it? There are shows that I love to watch again and again. Like, I've seen all Every single episode of Frasier, all eleven seasons, I can't tell you how many times it <laughs> never becomes boring to me. Never becomes unfunny. There's never a, there's one one or two episodes of particular season of, oh this is a great one. Shh, quiet, this is little, about to say something, and I know the words coming, but that's something that I enjoy. There are movies that I enjoy rewatching. Like I just watched rewatched a few Good Men. Uh, listen to it actually while I was running the other day because I just enjoy the dialogue of A Few Good Men. It is so amazingly written and acted. I love it. But if it's a movie I do not like, Why on earth would I sit there and put my eyeballs on the screen and waste my time reliving it? And I think it's similar in The World of Resentment.
1: That's the perfect analogy because, you know, how many times have you watched a movie that's just irritated you? And you're like, that's two hours of my life that I'll never get back. And then you're like, okay, well, let's watch it again. Why would you do that? Why? That's the perfect – I mean, for me anyway, that's the perfect analogy because I'm like you. There are certain shows – that I could watch, or certain books that I could listen to over and over and over again, and, and there are some that are just like, oh, man, kill me now. And uh, why, would I, <laughs> right. why would I penalize myself?
3: Right. Exactly. And, and see, I think reality begins and ends in your mind. It's how you think. It's not what happens to you. It's how you think about what happens to you, or how you relive the moments of life. And again, when we have resentment, we're harboring either you know anger hostility where it's burning away inside in a way that is only causing harm to you it's not causing the transgress the person who transgressed against you that trans person may not even know what they've done they may not even realize how they've hurt you or that this thing caused you this kind of grief. And yet you're sitting there watching that movie again and again, and it's causing you harm versus saying, you know what, click, I turn it off and I'm not pretending that it didn't happen. I'm taking the gold nugget away with me. I'm taking away the opportunity to be better, to be wiser, to, you know, the scar is there. I can see it, but I'm not sitting there reliving it moment after moment uh, and, and despise it. I just read about a scorpion in South America that literally when it gets so angry and it gets pushed to a, a point beyond its own control, it will sting itself and die. And it's like, we don't need to do that. We have, we have control, so we can think differently. So it's not what happens to you, but how you think about what happened to you and then what you're willing to do into the future. And if you just want to sit there and relive it and complain and, and share your, your laundry with everybody who will listen, chances are good they're going to become few and far between. People are going to avoid you, and you're going to want to avoid yourself. So just rescind resentment. Sounds easy. It's a little trite to say it that way, but it's a great way to think about not reliving his moments in a horrific way, but maybe taking the nugget, going back one more time, watching that movie one more time, grab a nugget or two, and then click it off and never go back.
1: I, I think the most powerful thing you said in there is that the only person you're hurting in reliving that movie or revisiting that resentment is yourself. The person that, that you resent about, they don't care. They're gone. They don't know what's going I mean, they you know, it doesn't affect them at all, whether they did it knowingly or unknowingly. The only person you're hurting is yourself and why? Why would you do that?
3: And having gratitude, I think that's one more one more piece of one more little uh, spice for this recipe is is having gratitude because we're talking about it as though this person has done something to you or a group of people. and it might be, it might very well be. but sometimes we actually resent circumstances that maybe it wasn't set up by an individual or a group of people, but maybe just a circumstance that we feel we were thrown. Into, thrown to the wolves unnecessarily, be it, um, you know, the station of birth, whatever, wherever you happen to be or your your ethnicity, whatever it is. How about replacing the resentment with gratitude? So it's like you can't get rid of one bad habit. Uh, The easiest way to get rid of a bad habit is to replace it with a good habit. All right. Replace resentment. With gratitude. I am grateful for having gone through this. I'm grateful my family went through this struggle and now I have this opportunity to to do something different, learn from that circumstance and move on. So resentment is simply an anchor that's holding you back and I I really believe in visualization and I believe if you if you if you can Hang on to that idea of of the movie or TV show, if that resonates with you. Or how about this? It's an anchor, and you can cut the line free and let it go. And literally, in your mind, visualize that anchor sinking to the bottom, and you get to move on. You get to free yourself from that old resentment and learn from it and having gone down the river and knowing there'll be other white water to come. But you're not going to sit there and relive that over again. You've let it go.
1: Right, right. Well, again, I, I really enjoy and appreciate the uh, the whole movie analogy because, there's again, there's been plenty of times when I have watched something and said, that was, I shouldn't have even stayed through the end of that because it was so <laughs> dumb and it irritated me. But I'm definitely never watching it again. And, and then there are other ones that I can just keep going back to over and over and over again. Um, and uh, I think that one really resonates with me. And I, and I find it ironic that there are... S- I mean, I've we've all met people uh, probably who are full of that resentment or um, irritation, you know, at other people that they're holding a grudge over something that happened, you know, maybe yesterday, maybe ten years ago. They're still holding a grudge, and it at some point those resentments come to almost define them. At that point,
3: yeah, absolutely. There's groups of people. Uh, be it politicians or or groups in the media that want to whip you into a frenzy of resentment. They want to whip up something old and stir it up within you or a whole group of people to resent this class and create and foment hostility between classes of people so as to create, um, again, resentment and hostility and from which they can rise as the victor and I can solve your problems. And the reality is individually— We are responsible for allowing ourselves to feel that or not and how we
1: think about it. Well, it's the only thing we can control, right? The only thing we can control is how we react and how we think about circumstances or slights or resentments or positive things. The only thing we can control in life uh, is really, to any real extent, is our reaction to circumstances. And, uh, I mean, that's part of it.
3: Yeah, I agree. And then don't resent the rapids. I mean, if you go go back to I read that that river raft. Not only did we have the boring section of the river, we also had this guy who spoke like four words the entire time. It was awful. But you know what? As um, I look back on, like you know, I don't resent him or that that time because it actually taught me quite a bit. So I do not resent the rapids of my life. And it, it, that can sound cheesy, but I like you know, let's ride the waves. Let's grow forward. Toss resentment overboard. And move on. Let it go. And you can grow forward. You can grow from these adverse circumstances. In fact, it's the adversity in life that actually it grows muscle. It grows your opportunity to become better and aspire to who you wish to become through you know these rapids or these these difficulties or circumstances you you wouldn't choose again, but you don't have to relive it over and over
1: again. I think we should take those resentments and turn them back into blockbuster, and then give it a negative review on on Rotten Tomatoes. I think that's what we should do with that resentment. <laughs> right. uh, we'll give it a bad review and turn it back into blockbuster, and not pay the late fees. Uh, I think that is uh, the best thing to do with those resentments. Using your movie metaphor all over again, uh, but it's but you're right. I mean, you are right. I. And you know, occasionally you'll get that resentment in there, and you just you get you you feel icky until you let it go. Uh, I, and um, I just I can't uh, I can't say enough if that that's really, in my opinion, one of the major problems with well, what's wrong today is that everybody is resentful of somebody else, whether it's for an opinion or a viewpoint or something that they said. And if you just let it roll like water off a duck's back. And let it go, and just say, nah they were ignorant, or oh, they didn't mean it, or they were just being thoughtless, or whatever it is." And let it go, man. You're a better person for it when it's all said and done.
3: I have a guest on my show today named Doctor Dr. Like, Doctor Alan Like, out of Canada. and He was diagnosed with ALS in 2003 and uh, told he had six months to live, you better get your affairs in order. And he wouldn't accept that diagnosis and he refused and he ended up seeing hundreds of doctors and finally found one who found the cure for a misdiagnosis and he wasn't suffering from ALS, he had chronic Lyme's disease. And he was able to. He was cured within months. Of, of and everything went back to normal. He does not resent that diagnosis or what that doctor had basically, you know, misdiagnosed. He doesn't have any resentment for it. And he's grown and comes through that challenge. And now he's a best-selling author, and uh, he's got millions of listeners on his Canadian radio show. And it's like, wow, there's he zero resentment in his life for that. Even though he was, he went through six months of a living hell. Uh, he zero resentment and he's moved on and he says you know what chris you just have to laugh at the world and and continue to move on yeah. i thought what an inspiration well anybody it, can yeah. be resentful he, he should be
1: he well should and, be. and he used it obviously as a springboard to move on to the next phase of his life so maybe yeah. those resentments can also be again springboards to move forward and to uh and to better yourself and to make things even you know better than they were before so uh some interesting stuff uh for sure Chris, quickly tell us about your book and uh, where people can find it.
3: Oh, I would love, if you're interested at all in this conversation, you will love a book called Born to Live, and it's available on Amazon or ilovehomeralaska.com, and it's a quick read. People tell me usually, oh, I read it in, in a single sitting, but it's it's my favorite thing that I've ever done. Um, it's called Born to Live, and it takes you about, like I say, about an hour to read it.
1: All right, you can find it again on Amazon or ilovehomeralaska.com. Chris Good. Story... The paragon of positivity. That's right. Um, we appreciate you uh, coming on board, my friend. As always, it's uh, I, I love what you have to say, and I appreciate you, uh, you know, steering us through the doldrums, the dull water of no rapids in our life. We appreciate that. Thank you, Michael. Have an awesome day. All right, you too, my friend. All right, folks, that brings us up to the break. We've got more coming up. One final segment, in fact, uh, for today's show. I don't know what I'm gonna talk about. I have no idea. But maybe you can help me. Maybe you can drop in and give us your thoughts. I was still looking for somebody to take my quiz on the uh, take my quiz on all the, uh, you know, political stuff, the the uh, the vote taking the elections. My God, my brain, the elections. You want to take my election quiz, you could win a bag of Beard Curdler coffee. Give us a call. We'll get it squared away. The Michael Duke Show. Common sense, liberty-based, free thinking radio.
0: If you missed the show, you can listen to it on your time with Duke's On Demand. Oh, and it's free. Like America used to be. Streaming live every weekday morning on Facebook Live and MichaelDukesShow.com.
1: Okay, we're in the break right now. And uh, we are uh, enjoying our discussions. Who else said hi? Did anybody else say hi? Nobody else said hi. Man, guys, man, guys. Um, all right. I love the uh, I love the representation of the movie. That why would you go back and watch a movie that you didn't like? And of course, Brian said, "Cue the Frozen music." You know, I've never seen Frozen. Luckily, my granddaughter, uh, when she was here visiting with us, they had not discovered Frozen yet. So apparently, I have not had to watch that four million times. Um, I could read you just about every line of The Little Mermaid or Beauty and the Beast because that was my kids. That was we, we about wore the videotape out on one of those. That's, yes, I know, Rob, you're showing your age. He says, you're showing your age by mentioning Blockbuster, but that is my age. I do remember having, yes, VCR tapes of all the Disney movies, um, and uh, I think we darn near wore one of them out watching uh, – uh, Beauty and the Beast, for the millionth time with my daughter. Um, I could probably read you the dialogue on that one. Uh, kids love singing the song on Frozen. Let it go. I just know what the name of it is. I've never actually seen it. But, uh, yeah. No, it's, uh... <sighs> oh, man. Uh, just kids, what are you going to do? But why would you watch the same movie? And and the movie that comes, <laughs> when whenever anybody talks about that, the, the one movie that comes to mind is uh, that I watched that is still the worst movie I ever saw was called Dark Star. And it was some kind of quasi-weird ripoff of Star Wars. This was in the late 70s, early 80s. And I remember I watched that thing one time, and I can't remember how old I was. I probably wasn't even 15 yet. And I was like, that is the dumbest thing I have ever watched. The dumbest thing. I ever watched, um, Dark Star. And then about I don't know, it was about four or five months ago. Somebody said something about dumb movies, and so I went out and googled it, and I found the trailer for the movie. And yeah, I don't even know why I watched it. It was the trailer is so dumb. I I me I, I my IQ dropped just watching the trailer. So if you ever want to see something that's just so horrific that you just don't even Dark Star. That's the name of the thing. Why do you read a book more than once? Says Robbie. There's some stories that I just enjoy. And in fact, I'm listening to right now, I'm listening to the, uh, I'm listening to a trilogy of novels from Larry Correa, um, called the Grim Noir series. And it is probably my, I think this is my fourth time. This is either my third or fourth time listening to these stories. And, uh, so the question is, yeah, why? Um, um, why why wouldn't i why wouldn't i want to listen to a story or hear a good story i mean how many people have watched you know star wars 96 times or whatever their favorite feel good movie is or as chris was talking about you know a show that gives them comfort or you know the the, the my wife calls it junk food television you know whatever um i love watching um um i love watching uh, old uh, you know Movie or not old movies, but movies that I enjoy, I love watching them uh, over and over and over. I mean, how many times have I seen The Quiet Man with John Wayne? How many times times have I seen uh, North by Northwest with Cary Grant or To Catch a Thief or Charade? Um, uh, Mr. Lucky, my favorite, probably one of my favorite movies of all time. Mr. Lucky with Cary Grant. Can't tell you how many times I've seen that movie. I love it. I could see all the twists and turns coming now because I know it by heart. But why not? I love reading books or hearing stories that I've heard before. Um, simply because there's something about them that's just amazing. Uh, just recently finished, uh, just recently finished re, uh, reading or re listening to the entire Wheel of Time series. Hadn't done that in a, in, I don't know, a few years. Did the entire thing. So, um, uh, make a uh, make egg Malone regarding mail out ballot. I hadn't received mine till yesterday. This is because it was mailed back to the divisions of elections as undeliverable. I assure you, I get mail every day. Went to the website, which directs you to call. The lady confirmed that my ballot was returned and would mail out another. Shocking part is she said thousands of ballots have been returned. There are a few places to vote in person in the state, but call them if you haven't seen a ballot yet. Oh yeah, okay, so good enough. Um. Huge problem. That's a huge problem. If you haven't gotten your ballot yet by now, you probably need to go down and just vote in person at one of the many vote in person ballot places, which I'm sure Rob uh, Myers will remind me of to where all they are. There's a list on the website. You can go take a look at all the vote in person places that are open uh, for uh, for uh, voting. Uh, All right, let's um, I guess we're coming back down to it. We're 20 seconds out. So We're going to continue here in just a moment, and I have no idea what we're going to talk about. Not a single clue. Maybe we'll rehash some of the stuff that Chris talked about and see where it leads us from there. How about that? The Michael Duke Show, Common Sense, Liberty-based, free-thinking radio. It's so weird the direction that Chris Storys Chris Story's visits with us always sends me in a weird direction. Sometimes you know, uh, talking about something, and today in the chat room they, uh, um, is that they st- people started talking because of Chris used the analogy of, you know, why would you watch a movie that you hated, um, and rewatch it, you know, because you you like watching things that you, and and so that immediately sent us off into down the rabbit hole of movies that we hated in the ch- in the chat room <laughs> oh man uh movies and books and everything else and uh you know why would we why would we watch those things over and over and over again I don't know maybe it's because we need a little comfort maybe it's because we're looking for a little bit of um, I don't know predictability. I mean, why do you read a good book that you've read in the past? You know, why do you want to rewatch, you know, I mean, people out there who have watched, you know, Star Wars umpteen times or whatever, why would you, you know, why would you do that? Um, I, I don't know, because it's a story of good versus evil, good triumphing over evil. It's got a positive ending, I, I you know, or it, it, it's predictable, so it gives you something that makes you feel good. I have no idea, but I do like, again, I do like the analogy uh, because it really speaks to me in what Chris was talking about in that um, you got to let that resentment go. And if we've seen anything in politics these days, oh, man, there is so much resentment. I actually met up with a candidate uh, that I've known for uh, many years. Uh, on the program, who's a Democrat and who uh, was saying, yeah, I've been thinking about getting on your, you know, calling you up and getting on your show. I mean, is your number still the same? But I'm like, you know, man, you can come on any time. We don't have to agree on things. I don't I don't resent people who don't have the same political view that I do. Um, I may disagree with them, but that doesn't mean that I resent them as people. Uh, but it seems like that's becoming a harder and harder position these days to try and undertake. It seems like that if you don't agree with me, um, I mean, I'm, I'm speaking now as the everyman or as the kind of the, the, the prototypical you know person on Facebook, that if you don't agree with me, then you must be fill in the blank, evil or selfish or greedy or just wrong or all of the above. There's a tremendous amount of resentment in those things. Um, that is, um, it it's it's really you know it's really frustrating. But that is kind of where we're at, and so we've got to let go of that resentment. How does that how does that feel about how 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 does that hurt us? Um, you know, and I would say even to the point of, uh, you know, I'm definitely not happy with the direction that President Biden is taking the country. But me holding a massive amount of resentment towards him doesn't help me. And he doesn't care. He doesn't know that, I mean, it doesn't matter to him that I would resent him. That doesn't help. That doesn't help either of us. It just makes me angry, which, again, in turn, only hurts me. Um, I can fight against what he's doing. I can, speak out against it. I can, you know, vote my conscience and try and reverse it. Um, But I am not, I refuse to give up that part of my headspace into that and live resentfully towards it. Because again, he don't care. I mean, he just don't care. Uh, Yeah, it hurts my pocketbook. You're right, Sandy. It hurts my pocketbook. It hurts my family. But to live in that resentment when I know that he doesn't me from adam and doesn't care what good does it do all i can do is fight back against it in the best way that i can but to let go of that resentment i think is the important part you know speaking of the muppet in chief any acknowledgement of d-day i haven't heard anything um on that by the way today is d-day thank you brian for reminding me i actually thought about that last week and um i wanted to uh i wanted to uh throw something out there, and I totally, I totally, for totally forgot. Um, but, yeah, there was, I didn't see a single mention yesterday about D-Day. I'm sure there probably was somewhere, but uh, let me see here. Um, yeah, I don't see anything that has uh, anything about uh, D-Day from yesterday on it. That was the 78th anniversary of D-Day yesterday, so... But, again, do I resent him for it? No, it's just, it is what it is, you know. Uh, some issues are just so radical, though, yes, somehow need to persevere without being consumed. I have a heck of a time with it these days, admittedly. And, and it, again, I think that's, that's part of what, I mean, even Story mentioned it earlier, that that's the whole ploy of the news media. The whole ploy of the news media is to stir up those resentments one against the another. That they should, you know, that, that, that that's their that's their whole push is to try and stir up resentments between different, um, between different, uh, uh, you know, groups of folks. And we just, we can't afford that. We can't afford that. I could still disagree and be unhappy about it. In a small way, without carrying that resentment around with me day in and day out. So yeah, so yeah, there you go. Um, That's uh, it's pretty much uh, what I just pretty much everything we got going on. (laughs) His writers forgot to tell him about D Day. Yeah, I mean he's forgotten. You know, it's just one of those things. The Muppet handlers didn't get their their things in there. And that's not resentment. That's just comedy right there. That's what that's all about. So coming up on tomorrow's program, Mike shower will be joining us and purportedly Sarah Palin, but I am not hundred percent sure on Palin yet. We're still working on the details with her scheduler and her handler, but I know Mike showers is going to be joining us tomorrow. So we look forward to that, uh, as well. Um, Let's uh, let's see. I got time for one more call, if we're quick. I got just under two minutes here, and we will go over to the phones and see who it is. Good morning. Who's this? Where are you calling from?
3: Good morning. That's Al from Fairbanks.
1: Hello, Al. What's on your mind?
3: Uh, two things. One, uh,
2: why maybe you're not getting any advertising for the public service announcements for how the election is supposed to be uh, filled out and s- submitted. Mm-hmm. Somebody was probably listening to your show, and you're doing such a wonderful job doing it that they said, "Well, his his listeners are already getting
1: educated." It <laughs> could possibly be, <laughs> possibly, <laughs> or we're making them so angry they're like, and, uh, "No money for you."
0: Yeah.
2: <laughs> um, the second thing is is uh, sustainable budgets. Uh, that term kind of bothers me since we do a budget annually. How do you how do you make it sustainably, or what's the definition of uh, sustainable budgets?
1: Yeah, I mean that's a good question. I mean, to me, sustainable means that we could live within our means, which we're not doing. We've been borrowing from savings for years. This is the first time we've been able to pay with a whole budget without having to go into uh, uh, without having to go into savings. So I think you know you're right. I mean, sustainable is a loaded is a loaded uh, uh, definition. Sometimes we'll have Brad Keithley address that next week. How about that? We'll have him. I'll ask him specifically what he means because he is Alaskans for sustainable budgets. We'll ask him exactly what he means by that, Al, and maybe we can get an answer there. Thank you for calling in. Uh, All right, folks, we are out of time. We got more coming up tomorrow. The Michael Duke Show. Be kind, live well, love one another. We'll see you then. okay my friends robbie says it means chop up the credit cards yeah i mean sustainable would be something that you know you're gonna live within that income and you know what it's gonna be why would fascists want to remember d-day says timothy i mean it's also a valid point timothy that's exactly it why would they want to commemorate that didn't he do something weird for d-day a couple years ago i'm trying to remember He did something real weird. It said something or... I can't remember. I'll have to go back and look at it now. But yeah, didn't mention it that I could see. All right, folks. We're out of time for today. We got more coming up tomorrow. Don't forget to like and share. Don't forget, if you haven't, to go over to YouTube and subscribe and ring the bell there as well. The Michael Duke Show. Common Sense, Liberty-based, free thinking radio.